Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. 1-855-5-NJ-DIET and njdiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. Hieroglyphics, Deltron 3030, Godzilla, The Lynch Mob, 10 plus solo albums, Oakland Cali, Incredible MC, Lyricist, Artist. And it just released his newest album with Amp Live, Gate 13. He's Delta Funky Hobo Sapien, and I want to welcome him to the library. Thanks, man, for joining us. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Cool. So, one thing I think I've always appreciated about you, but also so many people appreciate about you, is that you've never been shy to kind of push those artistic boundaries. I mean, as I mentioned, you with Hieroglyphics, Deltron, uh, with Dan the Automator, and even this last, this newest album, Gate 13. Uh, when did you decide that you were going to be an artist that had no limits, that would push the boundaries as much as he could? Oh, man. Um, well, that's kind of like, for me, that's kind of self-explanatory. An artist does, usually does that, you know what I mean? Right. But, the thing that got me into hip hop though was the fact that everybody was like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't even be a part of hip hop if you wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Like if you if you wasn't willing to be yourself and to try to keep getting as dope as you could be, like the whole thing was just try to be the best that you could be, you know what I mean? It's tough as you're trying to beat everybody else. But really it's you and your own abilities because nobody else is going to do it like you you know what i mean you can only do it the way you're going to do it right. so that means you're just trying to improve you're trying to improve upon yourself constantly you know what i mean so that's what got me into hip-hop hip-hop because you know every time i turn around i'm being like amazed like damn like dude is saying this or damn look at that crazy breakdance move he did or damn look at that graffiti on the wall like that's crazy you know what i mean like listen to that Scratching or whatever, like scratching in itself is like, oh my god, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, I just thought it was futuristic. Like, that's how dope it was to me. So that that's and it was based in the street. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like my background. So that's what really got me into it like that. I, I was I was you know I was a visual artist first. Right. You know what I mean? And I still and I still got that. But like hip hop is really what 
it was so dope to me. That's what I decided my medium was going to be. What was the uh, what, what was the Oakland scene like when you were growing up and you were kind of, you know, getting into hip hop, so to say? I mean, was there, you know, we all know. Obviously, I'm from New York, so there's like we, there's always this uh, commercial, uh, com- quote unquote, commercial aspect of knowing like who's a who's a Cali MC, who's a New York MC. But was there also like was there an MC like an MC MC for you that might have been this like local cat that you just like watch spit and you're like I want to be like that guy, or was it more was it bigger for you? Um, too short to a certain extent, but like too short more on a more in a different way. You know what I mean, like. I, I, I looked at I looked up to Too Short the same way I would look up to Pimps. Mm. You know what I mean? Because just just he had game, you know what I'm saying, and he had a slick way of putting it. And Pimps talked the same way, so that 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 was more my background for liking that. But as far as like some hip hop shit, like oh excuse me, I don't know if I'm talking about it. As fine, far as some hip hop stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it wasn't really that much there in the Bay Area. Like, I was an outcast, mm. you know what I mean? But I always been into wordplay, you know what I mean? Like, wordplay, slang, different figures, figures of speech, puns and stuff like that, double entendres, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was heavily into comedy. Richard Pryor was, like, huge, like, since, like, the third grade, you know what I mean? Even Bill Cosby, you know what I'm saying? George Carlin. Uh, even uh, uh, Mooney too, Paul Mooney too. You know what I mean? It's like third grade going up. So like, this is kind of like my background. So when hip hop came out, really like Run DMC, really was like, oh my god! Like I was around older cats, and they was like hip, and they let me hear Run DMC, and I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Right. Even our African Bambada Soul Sonic Force too. But my background out here is more like funk. That's what the culture was out here. Mm. That was like before my time, sort of. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I was, I was kind of like too young to really participate in that. Even though I knew about it and I liked it, like that had that had kind of played out. And like R and B was really like what was popping. You know, like Prince or like Michael Jackson stuff like that. But that didn't really talk to me because it was too soft, you know what I mean? Right. So hip hop was more like, you know, it was all it was all East Coast, you know what I mean? Like I was an outcast. People used to look at me. Either they thought I was from New York, or they thought I was like tripping or something. They thought something was wrong with me or something because <laughs> I was different from everybody else. You know what I mean? It was more like D boys out here and shit, like you know, crackers popping. You know right. what I mean? So people people slanging crack and shit like that. So it's more like, I don't want to say gangster, but it was, it was more like turf shit out here, you know what I mean? So that was more, I guess you could say, the culture, you know what I mean? It wasn't really about rap till later. Mm-hmm. And there was a few people There was a few people that was into it, but it was it's from the Bronx, you know what I mean? It wasn't from where we at. So we more or less was hearing what we could hear, and that was that. And we just built off of that, whoever... Whoever grasped, whoever grasped onto it, they did. But it was a few people, not hella. You know what I mean? You you, you talk to some people about you. You even talk to like DJs and hip hop, and they and they always say like they they think you're great and they think lyrically you're amazing. But they always say like he doesn't sound like he's from Cali. Uh, he doesn't have that Cali sound. And I've always so I've wondered. I was like, how did you? And you've kind of touched on it, but how did you develop your voice, your sound? When did you know that? 
this is what you were going with. And also did writing for, um, you know, the lynch mob. Did that actually help or hurt you in terms of developing your own voice? Um, I'll answer the second one first. That didn't really hurt me. It was the same way I was, you know what I mean? So we we was pretty much on the same level as far as that's concerned. Um, writing for him was more or less like an opportunity for me because he didn't need me to write no lyrics, you know what I mean? Or like Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo didn't need me to write no lyrics, you know what I mean? But I was waiting for my album to come out. So it was a way to kind of get my feet wet and to kind of put some bread in my pocket, you know what I'm saying? And they kind of thought I was tight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they was like, man, he's tight. Why don't you come over here, you know, help me write this, you know what I mean? It was more like a family type of oriented thing where everybody would be together and everybody throw something in the pot, you know what I mean? Like somebody, one person doing an album, everybody would be there. Sort of like how Wu-Tang Clan was, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It would be like a collective. Every The whole collective would be there and just throwing their part in there, you know what I mean? For anybody album. So that's kind of how it was. It wasn't like I was ghostwriting or nothing like that. You feel me? Right. Um, but I was already a writer. I'm, I'm, a gift, I'm a gifted writer, so, you know what I mean? Like, I just grew up like that. I was in gate classes for English and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So from an early age, I was, I was real good. I started, I started reading at two years old, so. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That always was easy for me. I just understand language. You know what I mean? That's probably why I went with rapping. But rapping is actually what I did last. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I started breaking. No, I started DJing first. Then I started breaking. But I already, I was a visual artist already. So graffiti was natural. You know what I mean? Because I already was drawing hella. You know what I mean? And last, I started rapping. Mm. Is that is that why? I mean, this is a question I was going to ask you later, but I'll, I might as well ask you now. I, you you always had this. You always seem to have this comfortability with uh, lyric. I, I call it lyrical silence. Like on uh, on the Gate Thirteen album on the on the track Help. You know, the last few minutes or last minute is just just instrumental. Um, when did that come? Of like, when did you know? Like, when did you realize kind of the beauty and silence of you know you not having to rhyme the entire track? Oh, I mean, like, you know, that wasn't even nothing special to me, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't have nothing else to say right there, so, you know, <laughs> that was it, you know what I mean? I'm a musician, too, though, you know what I mean? Like, at this point, I've studied music theory, I know music, so, like, that's just part of music, it's silence, too, you know what I mean? Sometimes you got something to say, or you, you, you say stuff when you need to, you don't want to waste space, and sometimes if it's just filled up all the time it's it's almost like there's nothing there you know what i mean right. like it just becomes a drone to people like you need to change it up mm. it, it sounds it, it sound like crazy but like you know it's on the surface if somebody is listening they don't even need to get into it really but it'll just sound like it's just going and going it's just become a drone mm-hmm. but if you throw in some silence it'll shake somebody up like oh you know what i mean it's kind of like humor too right right you know what i mean you want to surprise people. You don't want to be predictable. Mm. But that's that's hip hop too. You know what I'm saying? Like if you was predictable, you was whack. You know what I mean? Right. So all this stuff I learned just from hip hop because you know you don't want to be whack. You want to be dope. You want people to think you dope. We talk about kind of the being a complete artist, and and part of being a complete artist is uh, for me is uh, 
and I'm always curious about your album titles. I mean, your album titles have always stood out to me. And I wonder how do you develop or how do you select your album titles? Are they, is it like, I mean, even with Gate 13, or is it going into the project that you have the album title already? Or is it like during the project? Or I mean, it's probably different for everyone, but I'm just curious, what is the album title process like for you? Um, that one kind of came afterwards, you know what I mean? Because it was so organic the way we put the record together, we really didn't think about it that much. It just kind of just appeared, you know what I mean? So like at the end, we came up with the title. Actually, the title we got at the photo, we, uh, we was at a photo shoot and it happened to have like, it was like a naval base or something like that, like some old, looked like some old army base or something. And some of the doors had numbers on them, and one of them had gate 13 on it. You nice. know what I mean? Yeah. And we just thought it was cool. And we took it, you know what I mean? And just figured out a meaning behind it. So that's how that came, you know what I mean? Simple, though. It's not, you know what I'm saying, nothing really complex. But getting, but getting to the point where it could be that simple, sometimes it's complex. Right, right, right. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like it's kind of like a like a when you talk to a producer who like kind of develops a beat and you ask them a song, I ask them about a track, and they say, I don't know, it's like a sixth sense that like, I come up that I knew to put a piano there for some reason, and it's like it's complex but it sounds simple at the same time. Yeah, it 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 it, 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 it gets there. You want <laughs> you want to learn enough to you, to the point where you get to the point where you don't got to think about it no more. Right. You know what I mean? And then then it's easy. But learning it at first is the complex part. That's always the complex part because right. you got to learn stuff that you're unfamiliar with and get to know it, you know what I mean, to the point where you ain't got to keep referencing stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, then it's simple. Then it's, then it's a sixth sense flight. You just know, you know what I mean? It's like kind of like walking or something. There was a point where you had to learn how to walk. You probably stumble in, trip in or whatever, you know what I mean? And then you got to the point where you don't even have to think about walking no more. It's just innate, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's like anything. Uh, Dale, I want to go a little back early in your career. Uh, the, your third album, Future Development, you know, everyone, the story is that it was delayed because the uh, your uh, record label at the time decided to cut ties with you. Uh, and then it was released via cassette tape. Um, looking back, how did that, how did that experience um help or even hurt your career uh, as an artist? Uh, do you feel that it, in a weird way, was a, a weird blessing for you, or do you still look at it as like a curse? Oh, what, getting dropped or whatever? Well, dropped and then having to release it as a cassette tape. Oh, I didn't have to release it at all. We just decided to <laughs> release it that way. It actually never was finished. It never got mixed. So what you heard on that cassette tape is like help unmixed basically like whatever we have we just threw it out there like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's a few tracks that a plus uh that a plus produced too and they're not mixed like there's certain instruments clashing together and stuff where he would have punched them in or out or whatever so when he hear it it like make him cringe because it's like oh my god you know what I'm saying it sounds awful like because it's not mixed but you know we wanted the people to be able to hear what it was since it never got to be released, you feel me? Mm-hmm. As, as far as getting dropped or whatever, I feel like I had a part to play in that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was thinking I was kind of, you know, I don't know, I, I was getting the kind of gas for a minute. You right. know what I mean? 
I had to admit it a little bit. So I, I think they just felt like, you know, the big, the bigger people up there, you know, that worked up there. I just felt I just, they wanted me to stay. They wanted to try to help me. But I think that they figured, like, after dealing with me, he's probably a little bit too much to be dealing with. And the, what, what we're getting back as a company ain't matching that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's just how it works. But the people up there that worked with me was cool. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have no bad uh, story or nothing about a lecture at all. As a matter of fact, they let me do whatever I wanted to do with my music. You know what I mean? Especially Dante. You know what I mean? He had to leave at a certain point. So once he left, then that's when I had to just deal with whoever was up there. When Dante was up there, it was all good. You know what I mean? But everybody up there was helping me from the promotion staff to the art staff, you know what I'm saying? All my album covers, I got to do what, exactly what came out my brain, you know what I mean? I just went to the art department and told them what I wanted. At times, I had stuff that I developed and brought it to them, like the Hyro symbol. Like, that was my idea. I drew that. But I brought it to them, you know what I mean? Just like a sketch. And they was able to make it what you see today, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they just kind of helped helping me bring it out, you know what I mean? It, it, was, it was good. It was a good experience all around. Even getting dropped, I was like, okay, I get it, you know what I mean? I was being difficult, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't tripping, you know what I mean? I didn't know what I was going to do after that, though. I just kept on making music. That, that label experience, being like with that artistic freedom, does that... I mean, take us back. Does that hold? Do you think that holds true today for uh, an artist today with their for their label experience? Would they have? Would you? Would you think you have the same freedom that you had back then? It depends on. Um, well, you ain't even gonna get signed unless you're doing something that's extremely popular. So right. the record labels, I think, they like they got like a formula. Everything, like all entertainment, I think they done distilled stuff down to like what is really going to sell or what they think is going to sell you know they 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 working on whatever is a trend or whatever so they always late you know what i mean like you can't can't work like that you got to be ahead of the curve and really be in the culture to really be giving the people what they need or what they want because they don't even know what they want so you put it out there a lot of times then they're like oh man i never knew but now that it's now that it's there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but once it's there you don't need another one. You know what I'm saying? You've already had that fulfilled with what's out there. So trying to make a copy don't even make no sense. But that's the way the movie industry works. That's the way the music industry works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They lose a lot of money, too. So that's why they only they broke it down now that we're just, we're just signing people that we think are going to sell big, and that's it. And we're going to try to control everything as far as profit that they got a hand in like the 360 degree or 360 uh contracts you know what i mean like right. we got to get money on everything you do appearances on the radio or you got a book signing whatever you know what i'm saying video anything like we got to get some money out of that so some people sign it you know what i mean and i'm sure they get to do whatever they want to do but that's why they signed them because what they doing is what's popping you know what i mean so in that context, yeah, I would be able to do what I wanted if I was doing what sold, mm-hmm. right. you know what I mean? But I wouldn't get signed unless that was already proven. Right, right. 
So I want to turn to the album, uh, Gate 13. Uh, on this album, obviously one that is constantly, seems like it's constantly changing musically from like hip-hop to funk to, you know, EDM to other sounds. As an artist, as a writer, how do you approach a project like this? I mean, how are you writing to a project? Are you hearing the music first? Are you writing and then Amp is kind of creating a beat around you? How does it work? It was a it was a collaborative effort, definitely. Amp would come up with music. He'd probably come up with like about five or six pieces, you know what I mean, and send them to me. I'd sit on them for a minute, you know what I mean, start writing to them. Or start freestyling to them. A lot of in a lot of cases, I just would freestyle stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, clean it up later. You know what I mean? Just to get an idea. A lot of a lot of things I had to rewrite a few times. You know what I mean? So it, it was him with the music first, and then I would come with lyrics to whatever whatever the, his music would bring to my mind. I produce too, so if somebody else is producing, it tends to work a different part of my um, imagination because if it's left up to me it's coming like what i want right. you know what i mean but i'm but i'm always open to what other people got to do creatively too it's just that i got my favorites and what i i particularly like mm. in general you know what i mean that's why i like collaborating with outside producers like amp it just brings out a different level of creativity out of me yeah how do you but know that that's how that works oh, oh. i'm sorry no no I- I, I was going to ask, like, how do you know, um, I, I mean, I, I, I hear with Amp, but, you know, you, you, you work with him, you, you like working with him, because, like you said, he brings a different level of creativity out of you. But a new producer, how, how long does it take for you to know if something's going to work uh, with him or her? Oh, I could just tell once I hear the music. But I'm not hard to work with musically, though, I don't think. Like, in general, I like anything that sounds good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm not hella particular like that. Like I said, if it was me producing it, then I'd be more particular. But in general, like, I enjoy good music. It don't even really have to necessarily be hip-hop necessarily. You know what I mean? It could be anything. So as long as that person got talent and they, you know, they're a real artist, I could get with it. You know what I mean? But personally, too, their personality got to work with me too mm-hmm. see i get along with amp pretty good just in general i mean besides the music so that hella helps you know what i mean a lot of time a producer's job is to just keep a band from killing each other you know what i mean <laughs> like personalities to be clashing and stuff and then they can't make an album work so the producer has to come in and try to like get all these clashing personalities to be able to work together to be able to produce something like you know that's why they the producer so the so a person's personality i got to get along with them too and then if that's popping then it just it's just a chemistry that works you know what i mean it just you know works together on the track uh i was listening to the track uh funk roller 3.0 and uh this question mm-hmm. this question kind of came to mind uh do you think uh, kind of becoming a rapper today has become much easier because it's easier today than when you were kind of coming up. Uh, I mean, do you think because it's kind of getting to, because hip hop is so popular, it's becoming pop ish pop music uh, in some aspects. Do you think it's easier for people to become rappers than it once was? No, because if you think about battle rap, it's actually hell of harder. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to actually, like, practice a lot and study a lot 
to be able to keep up with these cats. As far as the industry is concerned, I don't even consider that hip hop. Mm. They doing whatever they doing. I don't even think they even want to be labeled hip hop. You know, so I don't even think they want to be labeled rappers. They call themselves rock stars a lot of the time. So they, it, it's it's you know saying it's relative to rap or or it's relative to hip hop because it wouldn't exist without hip hop. But that ain't hip hop. That it's not even it's not even connecting with the same laws as hip hop. Like they be biting crazy you know what i'm saying like right. that's like the number one rule of hip-hop you can't bite like if you was a biter you couldn't even get laughed at you might get beat up you know what i'm saying like you you're not even gonna be in the culture that's not even allowed that's like Ugh, who is you <laughs> but you had to be original above anything else or you're just not gonna be respected so a lot of these cats they not they they just bite off of each other i'm not gonna say all of them Definitely, I'm not going to say all of them. I'm not going to say I don't like any of the music that is, you know, that the industry is putting out right now. Because some of it I like, but I wouldn't call it hip-hop, though. For hip-hop nowadays, I turn to battle rap. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's, they saving hip-hop. They saving hip-hop right now. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just advancing so crazy, at least with the raps and the performance. You know what I'm saying? The performance is crazy. Like the rap are crazy. They might as well be they might as well be writing for a comedy show or something. Oh, wow. That's how the level of wordplay is that high. You know what I mean? So I think it's harder, like hella harder. Like the, the entry level is crazy now. But that's if you wanna be in that world. Like that world look at industry rappers like y'all could never do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's probably true in a, in, for most of them definitely gotta be true they they put in a lot of work like you think they got three they got three rounds each round is probably like nine minutes they gotta practice it to the point where you're not shattering the audience's uh uh, uh suspension of disbelief you know what i mean it's like going to see a play like you go see a play you don't want to see them start stumbling over their lines or like it's gonna throw you out of the play like damn like <laughs> i was there now you threw me out of it you know what i mean right. so like they gotta have that level of practice too it gotta look real you know what i mean it's gotta look like it's gotta look like they damn near just talking and making it up right then and there like a conversation but it's not it's all written not off the head or nothing you know what i'm saying and it's serious wordplay so it takes a lot of work for them to come up with these you know what i mean sometimes months hmm. and then they can't use the rap ever again after that like, they can only use it once, where somebody in the industry could make a record and eat off that one-hit record for the rest of their life. That ain't happening in battle rap. You write your rounds, and then you use it for that battle, and then you can't use them no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I I would say the level is definitely higher, but it's so crazy now. It's like how hip-hop first was to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, like that same amazement I used to get, that same excitement. It's coming from battle rap, like, man, this shit is crazy, you know what I mean? This is off the chain. I get that same feeling. So it's exciting to me now, too. The the performance, you're talking, with the, you're talking about the performance, battle rapping, but also the performance, as for you as an artist, um, with Gate 13, um, obviously because of the, the, the accident, uh, you're limited in terms of performing live um, until you kind of fully recover. Um, what's the importance of kind of, taking an album and, and going on tour with it for you 
Um, how does that, what, what does that mean for you? Man, I got, you know what? I got to reassess that because I was gone for so long with no time to rest. My life was pretty much completely just, just, uh, confusion. You know what I'm saying? It was, everything is just out of pocket. Everything. You know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't even eating like a regular person anymore. You know what I mean? My house was a mess because I'm never here, always bringing mess back from the road. It got to the point where I would just be buying new clothes for the road because I didn't have time to wash the mountains of clothes I had in my house. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, forget it, just buy new clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's how it was. I'd have to go out and eat every day because I would never would be home to even cook anything. You know what I mean? I just got out the mode of even how to live. So definitely didn't have enough time to really come up with anything for a show. I've been pretty much riding on the same show for quite a while now, maybe mm. tweak it here and there, but never really got slowed down enough to really consider what new I could do with the show. I'm a good performer, I guess, so I, I was getting away with it, but I was wishing that I could try to come up with something else. But the pump, I couldn't pump my brakes, though. It just kept, just a machine that just kept going. And it ended in Denmark when that, with that accident. Mm. So at this point now, I'm like, I don't even look forward to performing at this point. The only thing that really makes me want to perform is watching these cats battle <laughs> and the fans. You know what I'm saying? Just watching these cats battle makes me want to perform because they on some up. They on something else. They on some extra shit. You know what I mean? The way that they perform. So it's making me think of new ways that I can perform. You know what I mean? So that seems fun. It's making it fun to me again. When before, obviously, from what I was telling you, it was just a, a routine, basically. And I pretty much was just going out to get money. You know what I mean? Imagine. And like I said, it ended. And like I said, it ended in Denmark with that accident. Like, that was so terrible. At this point, I'm like, okay, I just need to make a complete change. I don't need to go anywhere. I don't care even when I'm restored. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm still not going anywhere until I figure out some new things, until I figure everything out. You know what I mean? Part of this, I was reading an interview you did with uh, uh, Noisy, like, kind of a couple of weeks, or something. it sounded like a, within the month uh, after the accident. Um and it's, and uh, the the journalist wrote um, that you even with about, about the live show they said you, that you were not even thinking about the live show because you also because of the accident you also lost faith in the industry and I was actually curious what did the author mean by that when he was kind of saying what what he felt you felt um, is that what what did he mean by you losing faith in the industry? It's just it's like I was saying, like, it's all about money. Nobody really care about you. You know what I'm saying? I could have died up there and the industry would have still been making money off of me, probably more money off of me dead than living. You know what I'm saying? And I'm doing all this running around, busting my butt. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, nobody really cared. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't my fault that I fell. Right. Of course not. You know what I mean? I didn't stumble or nothing. I stepped on stage, walked up to Damon, and dropped. You know what I'm saying? Not even fall. I dropped. You know what I mean? I stepped like it was something there and nothing was there, and I fell. 
You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know why no one said anything or no one told. I don't even know why the stage was set up like that in the first place. Like, that's hella stupid for that to even be possible to happen. Like, people was performing on stage. Like, it's possible to fall to the ground like that. Like, that don't even make no sense. But that's why, you you know what I'm saying, that's why I kind of lost faith there. Like, I'm like, okay, it's, it's more important to them that I'm up there performing so they could get paid rather than the safety of who's getting them paid. Right. And I'm not saying everybody, but in general, I feel like that's how the industry is. It's gotten the same way to me like Hollywood is. Like, I've just seen an ad for a... For uh, what, what's Christopher Robin? You know the boy of that owns uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yes, right, Christopher Robin. And I'm thinking, damn, that's kind of tight that they made a movie about him and not Winnie the Pooh. But then I'm thinking, okay, but it would be tighter if they would make up something new for a change and quit trying to recycle and come with new angles on something that's already been out there to try to pull at your heartstrings to get you to come to the theater and get some money out your pocket. You feel what I'm saying? Like, everything is just to try to get some money. Nobody want to – it's not about art for them at all. Some of the people in the industry, they even might fool themselves to think that they care about art, but it's like – what do you call it? It's like a psychopath or something, or like, you know what I'm saying, schizophrenia. You know what I mean? It's like they one way, but then they another way. So with dealing with them, you kind of got to be schizophrenic yourself because they, wa- they want the artist but and they want the artist to be able to make some money, but they also don't want the artist to be focused on money. They still want the artist to be an artist, too. Mm-hmm. They want but they want they want their cake and they want to have their cake and eat it, too, basically. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just screwy, man. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, and and maybe I'm thinking about moving to Hawaii, and I feel like maybe if my quality of life was improved, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, maybe I could see things from a different perspective. But, like, where I'm at right now, is that, that fall just brought a lot of clarity to me. It really made me think about things, what is really important. You know what I mean? And just saying no, like, no, I'm not going nowhere. Like, I'm I'm not running all over the place. Let me sit down somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Because you get caught in that whirlwind, and it, you just don't stop. You know what I mean? So now that now that I'm forced to stop, I'm thinking about things really, you know, in a, in a different way now. Because, you know, life is short. You know what I mean? Is there... But like, but like, I, excuse, but, but, but like I said, the fans are important to me. And battle rap is making hip-hop hella fun for me again. And I see hip-hop actually coming back. Like, I see the industry starting to take little nibbles and pieces from battle rap to try to be cool, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen this before with hip-hop, you know know what I'm saying? Like, it was like 15, 20 years before anybody even cared about hip-hop. They was like, what is this? Even black people, older black people, was like, this is garbage. This ain't music they're talking (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It took hella long before hip-hop was accepted. You know what I mean? Like, it was hella underground. Like, you was like a weirdo. Like, what is that shit you listening to? Like, but it was so dope, you'd be looking at, you'd be looking at people like they was crazy. Like, oh, you just ain't knowing. Like, this is the future. You're mm-hmm. tripping. Like, 
I don't even want to listen to nothing else. This is the tightest music ever. You know what I'm saying? And it was. But, you know, things change, but not really. You know what I'm saying? It's all based on funk or the blues. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the main ingredient for the whole thing. And then every generation just got their own way of expressing it. But that's why I'm saying, too, I'm not hating on what some of the kids is doing now, too, in the industry. But the industry flaunts that money and make you think that it's all about that money. And a lot of people get caught up, like Takashi 69 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he a cool person, you know what I'm saying? I actually like Takashi 69 And he don't even have to be doing all that stuff that he be doing with the trolling and stuff. He be going too hard. You know what I mean? And I don't think he really realized. I think he realized now. You know what I'm saying? Like after he, that robbery or whatever, I think he's starting to realize. And even a little bit before that, he's starting to realize now. But, like, I think people think they got to do that to try to hype stuff so they can make money. You know what I mean? Like money is just so important to everybody, it seems. But it's all about having some value, though. That's, that's where you get money from is something with value. And, and and imagine, I mean, it's also about uh, longevity for you. It feels like if you're just chasing those numbers, then it's like kind of like a one-hit wonder type thing, right? Exactly. But a lot of people, they're not, they not tripping. they like, that's why they say I'm not no rapper. Like, they don't even care about it. They're like, this is my gateway to something else. Right. Like, I'm just, this is just a, a hustle for now so I can bubble and then, like get in and get out. It's like the dope game. You're trying to get in and hopefully you can get out with your with your money and leave it behind. You know what I mean? That's what they really trying to do. They really planning on just hitting it big and making millions and millions immediately. And it looked like they do. Some of them look like they got millions overnight, damn near. It looked like it. But these kids is young though, you know what I'm saying? They they losing their mind. You know what I'm saying? You get even a million dollars and you 18, 19, even 20s. You losing your mind. You don't know what to do. That's why you see them buying all this crazy stuff. And then you a target, you know what I'm saying? Talking all crazy, like believing your own hype. People start getting mad. Like, man, I want some money too. You know what I'm saying? Who is you? Wanting it like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I, I need some money too. When I see you, I, I need some of that money too. Since you think you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like an insult, damn near. But I think people be forgetting what it's all about, though. You know what I mean? But it'll, I think it'll be a time, though, when battle rap either switches to something else or the way it is now is going to get so popping that the industry is going to want to tap into it somehow. Mm-hmm. It might be like 10 years from now, you know what I'm saying? 15 years from now before they finally start figuring out figuring out how hot it is and how talented these kids is, you know what I mean? But for now, it's still pure, you know what I mean? It's always like a little gold rush, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that gold rush, a golden era where you could cherish it or you could just get it while you can. You know what I mean? And then before everybody find out or before people start trying to tap into it and use it, you know what I mean? Do you have a kind of a go-to album or song, not necessarily your own, but whoever, that kind of helps you 
reset yourself as an artist or like when you know when the industry is just too damn crazy and you need to remind yourself why you do this that you just kind of put that track on or put that album on and you play it and that just helps you like kind of ease your mind for me right now that would be battle rap mm. it ain't really an album out there or any music out there that really does it for me like that i can only get that feel really from battle rap it's that rugged, you know what I'm saying? It's that real street feel, no filter. They say some of the craziest stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy some of the stuff they say, but I need that. I can't get it from the pop world or from the industry because it's too polished, too clean, you know what I'm saying? it got to be a certain way. Like, it's not dirty, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, it's like when Richard Pryor had a TV show and they wanted to censor him. And, and Richard Pryor was like, fuck it, then. I don't even want to do it then. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he, it's that grit. You know, it's like, nah, you're trying to polish it up too damn much. Well, I don't even want to do it then. So the only place I could really get it is from battle rap. So that's really what resets me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I even get the pay. I even get the pay per views. I'm about to do pay per views soon, uh, August August second and August eleventh, I think, from RBE and URL. So I'll be on it, man. Like that's all I watch. Really, that's the only entertainment that really speaks to me. Like what I want, like how I feel, and I feel like there's people that want music out there like that too. You know what I mean? But it's just not popular right now. But it could be. So a lot of what I do is try to figure out a way to make something like that, something that I could feel, but something that people can accept. Because I know people can only accept so much if you're not a hip-hop aficionado. You know what I'm saying? I can understand that at this point. Like, if you ain't no lyrical uh, uh, you know, connoisseur, a lot of that stuff is going to be like, okay, I don't really care. I don't even know what the dude is talking about. He's just mumbling to me. Like how they talk about mumble rappers, they looking at us like mumble rappers. Like I just hear hella syllables going by. I don't get what this fool talking about. You know what I'm saying? Music-wise, too. Like if it don't have a certain bump to it, if it don't have like sub-bass to it at this point, it's like, okay, what's wrong with your music? It don't even bump, you know what I'm saying? So I, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out a little formula that'll work for me that's still hip-hop but can appeal to the average person. Because it was there before. Mm-hmm. Like Big Daddy Kane was like that. I remember everybody at my school liked Big Daddy Kane. You know what I mean? Rock him. Everybody at my school liked Rock him. Run DMC. Everybody liked him. But then once it started advancing so far artistically, the average person couldn't keep up. You know what I'm saying? So... I, I I know from studying music, like you gotta you gotta respect and and uh, 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 be sympathetic to the listeners because you need them. You can't exist without the listeners. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a partnership. And uh, lastly, um, is there a kind of a, a favorite lyric or verse? It could be on a, the new album Gate Thirteen, or just kind of in your career that kind of defines or kind of defines where you are right now as an artist, but also as a human being. Man, a favorite verse that defines who I am. Let me, or, let me think, let me think about that. <laughs> I'm trying, let me think about that. I'm thinking about somebody else's lyrics. 
my my lyrics like that. It's all I'm always trying to come with something better. So I never have like a favorite. Like it'll mm-hmm. be cool, but I'm like, okay, now nah, I could come better next time. So it, it'll probably be better if I try to think of somebody else's lyrics. Probably anything that uh, that uh, Andre the Giant ever kicked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Andre the Giant is like one of my favorite rappers ever to this day. He like the cleanest rapper, you know what I'm saying? But like anybody from the Bronx, really, you know what I'm saying? Because they just got that essence when they rap. Like they don't even use hella words like that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like really to the point, but with flavor, you know what I'm saying? Harlem too got it like that, you know what I'm saying? A, a lot, of, a lot of my essence, I feel, comes from the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm just so much into the, the language and the wordplay. It's more like that on the East Coast, I think. You know what I mean? I think outside of the East Coast, it's more like... I, I, but I'll, I'll put it in these terms. The East Coast used to make fun of everybody else, like say country or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like all the jazz cats that would be in Harlem and stuff, they'd listen to funk and be like, y'all is just making some gut bucket nonsense like that ain't real music funk you know what i'm saying it's like what is you talking about you know what i mean but i think like you know you go you in a big city you kind of think like you made it sort of like it's it's a fast fast life you know what i'm saying everything moving and shaking it's not slow like this like the country is you know what i mean or you know places that are outside of the city so i always gravitated towards that wordplay and that slickness. I just like that city style. You know what I mean? And and I don't know, but anything that's like that, that, that pretty much explains me. Mm. You know? He's Delta Funky Homo Sapien, new album, K13, an incredible album. Uh, you're an incredible artist and uh, I'm honored to speak to you on the library with Timonico. Thank you so much for doing this. Man, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.